Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Me and my team work with our clients. There is, uh, we were all schooled in the same coaching program and there's something called emotional energy and it's a signature program. And so we live in seven levels of emotional energy. And what you're describing is when we dive right into the fight, we're coming with this low level high conflict energy. We're coming with an energy. But the minute you start thinking about can I be kind to myself? Can I be compassionate to myself? Do I have to respond? You've raised your energy to almost forgiveness and compassion from conflict. And so it makes perfect sense since we're all energetic beings that what the person on the other side of the table is receiving is a softer energy. So even when we don't say anything, we sit there with stew. Like if you're ever sitting with someone who's stewing, you feel that energy. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now your host, Lisa Kosky. Welcome listeners. I'm so thankful that you're here today. We are talking about high conflict co-parenting with Karen McMahon. She is the host of Journey Beyond Divorce, a coach. She deals with high conflict parenting all the time. And it is such a great episode. You are going to love it. It's a two-part series. So listen today and tune back in next week to learn more about boundaries. Stay tuned. You will love this. Hey, Karen. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. I know you were on my podcast years ago, and it honestly was one of my most popular. I think it's in the top five. Wow. Well, I'm yeah. so glad that we're doing this and swapping. This is a podcast yes. swap with each of us. So let me just set the stage here. Co-parenting after a garden variety divorce can be difficult. When you add high conflict divorce, where communicating, collaborating, showing respect, kindness, and grace is often absent, co-parenting takes on a whole new level of complexity. Yes. Today, Lisa and I are going to explore the challenges and solutions available for parents who are willing to always put the kids first, even when it requires biting your tongue until it's bloody. I have a lot of experience with that. <laughs> We're going to look at the little annoying stuff and the really big important things that can cause conflict and upset to all involved and strategies and tools for mastering the high conflict co-parenting challenges that you're facing. Just a little bit about my friend, Lisa. She's an attorney based in Woodbury, Minnesota with over 20 years experience. And Lisa has a strong desire to help people through difficult situations. So being a divorce mediator is the best fit for her and her clients. She's passionate about mediation because of the children. And she even has an online parenting plan 
course to help you navigate co-parenting and create a parenting plan. So we have that in the show notes for you. Lisa, I am totally stoked for today's conversation. So am I. Thanks again for having me, Karen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I think that even the the challenges that every co-parent has are like on steroids Mm -hmm. when it comes to high conflict. And I know that, you know, just to set the stage here, my my personal journey started, my kids were four and six when I told them I was divorcing. It was three and a half years. It was ridiculously long, but they were still really in the earlier stages of grade school when we were in separate households. And of course, you know, there was anger and reactivity and, you know, I was, I was a hot mess and he was disordered and, you know, and, and the kids were just caught in the crosshairs. And I remember for myself that pivot from wanting to fight or to make my point or to get him to hear and understand me to there is always going to be conflict. How do I, how do I make every struggle an opportunity, an opportunity for myself in terms of managing my emotions and an opportunity for my children, because I felt like dad's a pretty difficult personality. They're going to have to navigate him. And so how do I use every upset that they have or that I have to actually move us forward? And so that was a philosophy that I kind of adopted early on. What a great philosophy. And Honestly, that is how I try to look at everything, every mistake I make, every difficult thing I go through. How is this working for me? And Karen, I am trying to change this divorce story. And I do have a lot of beautiful clients who aren't high conflict. I have some that are high conflict too. But what we're going to talk about today, I think can help anyone because it's always hard. It's always emotional, even if you are connected and kind of stay friends after a divorce, you still need those tools to help you. And I need them in my life, just being married to my husband. You know, I've been learning, learning how to not be triggered. Isn't that, I mean, let's dig into that one. That's huge. That's, I think the first thing that I learned is stop and realize, oh, I'm being triggered right now. And then have empathy for myself. Sometimes I miss it and I notice it later on, but the more I practice, and when you have a difficult co-parent, look at the opportunities you have to grow and become aware and really look at things. Right, because the triggers will be plentiful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they will. Yes, they will. Yeah. When I was doing um, some of my early personal work, I I was reading a book at it's called The Presence Process. It's a very deep emotional healing book. And he had a saying, every upset is a setup for personal work. And that was one of the things that I took away. And just like you're saying, like, if every time I'm triggered, I just start noticing, oh, my body had a reaction, right? My jaw is locking, my shoulders are tight, my stomach is in a knot, whatever your tell is. And that's a piece, just If you don't know when you're triggered, then start paying attention to your physical tells because every time each of us are triggered and we often have the same tells, like I definitely 
It's all in my neck and my shoulders. That's where that's mm-hmm. where my aggravation goes. And so that's where all of my tension lies. And so then you know, and and just that piece, that first step of awareness of saying, I'm triggered. I just went from zero to 50, 100, 150, like I am triggered. And then I love what you're saying. Your next pivot is let me be compassionate and and self-loving toward myself. And I don't know if you've experienced what I've experienced when I do this and become aware and then I stop and then Sometimes I'll just do a little deep breathing, do something to get my head in the right space. Isn't it interesting how taking care of yourself and your mind is actually affecting that other high conflict person? So interesting to me where, and I can't say I'm just talking about my own experience. So I don't know how everyone's going to be react to it. And I can't be in control of that. But interestingly enough, It has stopped the conflict in my life many times by me just being aware and not reacting right away to it, taking a step back, breathing, thinking through, how do I really want to respond to this? Is this really something important? You know, and that's true when you're co-parenting. Is this something you really want to fight about? And if it is, then do it in a way that the other person, you know, take the time to present it in a way. But if it's not, if it's something you wouldn't get mad at grandma for doing, maybe let it go. And I just recently did a boundary challenge and we talked about if you've been invited into the fight, uh, do you have to accept the invitation? Uh Do you have to accept it right now? And you put it off. If you don't have to accept it at all, you walk away. But if you don't have to do it right away. So there's all of these different small pieces But I would love to add a nuance to what you just said. So there's two things that happen to us. The moment I stop thinking about him or her and what they just did wrong and why I'm angry and I'm going, ooh, ooh, it's my neck. Ooh, I'm triggered. First of all, my mind is no longer focused on the thing that triggered me. So that's that's a little bit of a pivot that begins to bring down the tension. The other thing is... Me and my team work with our clients. There is, uh, we were all schooled in the same coaching program and there's something called emotional energy and it's a signature program. And so we live in seven levels of emotional energy. And what you're describing is when we dive right into the fight, we're coming with this low level eye conflict energy. We're coming with an energy. But the minute you start thinking about can I be kind to myself? Can I be compassionate to myself? Do I have to respond? You've raised your energy to almost forgiveness and compassion from conflict. And so it makes perfect sense since we're all energetic beings that what the person on the other side of the table is receiving is a softer energy. So even when we don't say anything, we sit there with stew. Like if you're ever sitting with someone who's stewing, you feel that energy. You feel they're like, they yes. Even though they're not saying anything, you feel it. So Karen, I love that you brought that up because that's new to me. I didn't even know that. (laughs) I didn't even understand that that was a piece of it, but that makes sense. And so when I'm thinking of my listeners, you know, they're wanting these little tools. How can I co-parent better? High conflict or not high conflict? So we've given them a little bit, right? Stop. Watch your trigger. Become aware of it. Give yourself a break if you miss it once in a while. And then to take a breath, 
take a deep breath. Think about if it's something you want to fight about. You know, another thing, this is going to sound, this is just like a really simple little tool that I give to people. Whenever your ex or your co-parent tries to connect with you through a text or whatever, have a picture of your kid pop up. You know how you can put a picture of whoever is, and then it makes you go, oh my gosh, I got to focus on my kid. And that will help you with that awareness piece. I love that. So just take the moment and shift back to what this is about, which is the kid. Think about the exactly. Or which the is what is the most important thing that it's hard to think about sometimes when we're in the middle of a really difficult situation. So I like to keep the focus there. I love that. And I actually want to add one more piece to the trigger because the trigger is just the root. It's that root that we need to get rid of. And for me, it's always helpful to walk my clients through, well, what is the trigger? Like name it. Is it feeling disrespected? Is it feeling unheard or unseen? Is it feeling gaslit? What is, what do you feel? And that trigger predates your marriage. Our triggers never begin at our marriage. They begin in our childhood. And so that's so interesting to be done. And so you're calling that trigger a feeling. I got to hold this up. This is, can you see this? My feelings wheel, which is on my resource page. I I am working to understand my feelings. And then I go to, well, what's the thought behind that feeling? So I do go deep. And so you're saying do that with your triggers so that you can grow and understand and maybe not get in this situation again in the future. Absolutely. Because if you find that, you know, I was raised in a family, like I was raised in a family and, you know, dad, dad was a jolly drunk. Mom was a rageaholic. And so from this dynamic, I had, you know, I had my bucket full of triggers. So, so then, you know, fast forward, I'm in my marriage and, He's poking at my tender underbelly because he knows Mm -hmm. it so well. But that tender underbelly predated him. The thing is, the tender underbelly are the wounds. Those are our emotional wounds from childhood. How beautiful that my high conflict or not high conflict, soon to be X or X, just highlighted something that I still need to heal or refine. And it just changes the whole thing because think about it. Imagine everyone listening, imagine that... You wake up tomorrow and you're not triggered anymore. That's not about him or her changing. That's about you healing and refining your shortcomings. And so when we use every upset as a setup and we have plenty of upsets to work with, we're catapulting our own personal development and growth. And then we get to teach our children what we learn about ourselves and we get to pay it forward. So good. Such a gift and opportunity. And I just want to say that I find that those deep triggers or feelings, they do keep showing up. Karen, I don't know if you've found that. And so I don't want to make it like, yeah, you do this work once and it's done. It's not. But it's like I get the practice so that I learn how to deal with it in a better way. So some of them haven't gone away. I don't know if it's something that's going to be a gift for me to work on for the rest of my life, but my life, I'm suffering less because I'm learning how to look at it. But I don't, not all of them have gone away. A lot of them have. Some of them you're like, I don't even worry about this anymore. What a great feeling. But some of them, they'll keep coming back and knocking. And I think that 
when I write down what's happening, that helps me. And then sometimes if you can go back and look at what you wrote down, if you're really having trouble over and over, I don't know if you found that I may be speaking. I mean, I'm just telling you authentically what I have noticed in myself. And so for those listeners who are feeling like, well, I'm doing the work and it keeps coming back, you know, that kind of is light and it's there to learn and keep doing it because it is helping you grow. And, you know, we go through so many seasons. So if you start doing this work and your kids are teenagers and then, okay, they're in college. So now maybe you're having less interaction with the ex, but now you've got emerging adults who are triggering the heck out of you, you know, or you get into a relationship and it's, it's the other person. So there's so, I feel like I grew up on the ocean, so I love using waves. It's kind of like (laughs) sometimes it's stormy like in the midst of the divorce and and the grief that comes with it. And it's one wave after another, and you're tumbling, you're taking, you're eating sand, your face is like getting grounded. Okay. So that's one season and then it slows down, but then something else happens. My mom passed away two years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. For me, it was like, I digressed. Like there was so much conflict in my family that I found myself being just this sloppier, more reactive version of myself temporarily. So to your point, there are so many things where it might go away and you've healed it for good. Uh, something might happen and all of a sudden you've, and then it's like, okay, there's still some more work to be done. Like it's never mm-hmm. a good or a bad thing. It's just like, okay, right. here Thanks. it is inviting me into something else. But I would love to dive into some of the circumstances. So one of the things that comes up so often is, you know, when you're switching off kids, when the kids are still of age, where where you're switching them off and whether it's conversations that are being heard in earshot of the children or who's not showing up or who's not bringing them back on time, like all of that that can be really, you know, you're concerned about your kid, you want your time with them, and yet it creates so much conflict. What do you encourage people to do in situations like that? Right. And, you know, I keep thinking back to what we were talking about, and this kind of goes with that, and it kind of goes what you're asking me about. But I talk about as much as you can alleviate the obstacles, right? So when you talked about the drop-off, the handing off, the communication. This is a new uh, topic for me is parallel parenting. It's probably something you know. I just had a couple on the podcast talking about it on doing divorce different and it was awesome. But how you parallel parent and you really are going to keep the communication to a minimum. Only talk about the children. And maybe set it up a boundary, which you're probably really good about talking about, Karen, but a boundary of we are going to talk, you know, unless there's some dire emergency, we're going to talk about the kids in an email on Sunday. That's something that you can do to help alleviate. And that way, if they maybe send you a mean, snarly text, you can just wait a little while and then respond and say, let's talk about that on Sunday. And then if you're going through a divorce and you need to talk about assets or maintenance or whatever, separate that out. Set up a time and say, we're only going to talk about 
the divorce here and we're going to keep the children's. What do you think about that? I think that on the tail of that, I want to say, if this sounds really hard for you, you need to learn boundaries because what Lisa is talking about is setting boundaries. And the truth is when we set boundaries with high conflict personalities, they plow them down. And what happens is the people who are trying to set them go, that doesn't work. But if you actually know how to uphold a boundary, which has nothing to do with their behavior, it works beautifully. Can you help me and my listeners understand how to hold that boundary? Just a few minutes on boundaries. If you weren't raised in a household where you spoke a foreign language, you wouldn't do it very well. Many of us who have been attracted to difficult personalities were raised in a household without boundaries. It's not a language we know. It's not a culture we understand. So a boundary is, is just like a, just like a fence and a garden gate. It's not meant to be a steel wall. It's meant to be flexible and it's meant to create some space and protect. And so you're saying, you know, I'll just say dad for now. Tell, tell dad, you know, why don't we schedule Sunday evening emails to talk about the kids? And dad immediately tells you, you don't care enough about the kids. You only want to talk about them once a week and it goes into his whole thing, right? And it could easily be mom doing this. So I'm just using this as an example. And so then, as we said earlier, is this a fight that you want to be invited into? Do you have to respond? You might say, well, it's respectful to respond. And so you write back and say, well, I will be checking my email every Sunday night. And if something is urgent or important, by all means, feel free to text me. And then you get a whole bunch of things could happen, right? You could get 10 texts scathing, saying how terrible you are. And that's another boundary. And so a boundary is saying, this is my request. This is my suggestion. That's the easy part. Not always easy for people who haven't asked. But so you say, this is what I'm proposing. This is what I suggest. And there may be a back and forth that's reasonable. Well, I can't do Sunday nights. Could we do it twice a week? Like that's all very reasonable. Right. That is very different from you wretched woman, you know, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> which, which meant many of our listeners get you wretched individual. You're such a terrible parent. And so then that's where it's like, I'm invited to this fight. Do I want to attend? Yeah, I don't think so. And so you might respond by saying, well, it looks like we're going to have to agree to disagree on this. I'll be checking your email on Sunday night. I'll be communicating with you on Sunday night. And then everything that comes after that, just you don't engage with it because this is where people go wrong. What they try to do is say, I said Sunday night, Sunday night's reasonable. Why can't you? And then they're in this whole fight about the boundary. If your boundary is not being honored, you honor it. You said Sunday night, stop engaging. Stop yelling at the wall. Stop throwing gasoline on the fire and getting burned. Go about your business and check the emails on Sunday night. But there were 12 others and he said or she said all these terrible things about me. So what? You're divorced. You're divorced for a reason. Let that go. Wah, 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 and just uphold your boundary. The same thing with texts. I woke up, my worst night, I woke up to 138 text messages in the morning. They were not nice. 
and each one of them was not short. Hey, I just wanted to pop in here quick before this whole thing winds down. And I want to tell you about my Parenting Plan online course. It is for you if you are terrified that divorce is going to ruin your children. I'm here to assure you that you can co-parent really well together. And I have an online course that is going to walk you through a parenting plan. You will have a piece of your divorce done. If you want to work with a mediator, you can bring the paperwork in and that portion is complete. It's easy, affordable, quick, and effective. And it will be part of your divorce paperwork if you'd like it to, or you can just use it to co-parent well with another parent. It goes over all the things that you may not be thinking of when you're in the midst of an emotional time like divorce. So please go to lisakoski.com, check on my online courses, and sign up for the Parenting Plan course now because when parents work together, they can mitigate the damages caused by divorce to their children. Okay, so you had, I love all the things that you're saying. And I think that what we talked about at the beginning about dealing with those triggers, right? Wow, you had 138 opportunities to work with your triggers and decide. Yeah. And so I remember because it was just like the, my first thought, because I had already done a bunch of work is, wow, he had a really hard night. Oh, that was you had my empathy. first thought. Because I knew that, like this guy was up all bloody night long. Like he is twisted. And I wasn't like, ooh, I was just like, ooh, okay. Right. And that formed my day. You may be getting phone calls. You may get a knock on the door. Like this guy is, he's really, he's in a bad place. And then I scanned it and it was like, you nasty, you nasty, you wretched, you wretched. And I was like, okay. And that was it. I took like 10 seconds to look at it. And I was like, okay, that's it. I don't have to do anything about that. Because the truth was he was just expelling his own anger, hurt, pain, and there was nothing to do. I could have written back and said, please don't. But instead, I put his contact on do not disturb. I still see them. They just don't ping. So I didn't get 138 pings all night long because I already knew that he was a serial texter and I should put him on do not disturb. And so a few very basic things on boundaries. I know this is a little bit of a a tangent, but not really. If you're co-parenting, create a folder. I like humor. So put a funny name on it. If it helps you (laughs) smile, whatever that would be, you don't have to tell anybody. I've seen all types of creative names for the folder. (laughs) I can only imagine. (laughs) In almost any email program will show up as bold when something's in it. Don't look, just put the, the rule that anything coming from you know, at daddy.com is going directly into the daddy folder or the mommy folder. And then you get to decide, I'm going to look once a week. I'm going to look every other day. I'm going to start out by looking each evening after the kids are in bed, whatever works for you. If you read the email and you hit something that's you wretched, you terrible, you stop. 
Do not expose yourself to abuse. Just close it down. And my recommendation is once or twice write to mommy or daddy and say, I received your email. I did not read it. If you have something important to communicate about the kids, by all means, please send that single and separate from all of your other opinions about me, and I'd be happy to respond. And you do that once or twice. That's your boundary. After that, you don't have to do it anymore because you've told them, as soon as I read something hurtful or abusive or belittling, I'm not reading anymore. And then the parent goes, oh my God, but what if there's something important in there? And what are the courts going to say? And what's my attorney going to say? And what's like the guy on the corner who's reading my emails going to say? This is not a concern 90% of the time. There's a 10% when you're going to trial where you want to talk to your attorney, but the vast majority of the time, nobody's reading your emails. And if there was actually something really urgent, they'll come back to you and they'll let you know about it. And so it's not a hard and fast rule because everything's different. And so you have to play with it a little bit, but to a large degree, the upholding, and this is the key, the upholding of the boundary is you changing your behavior, not them changing theirs. Divorcing parents, I want to do everything I can to help you through divorce. And I know it is scary to think about co-parenting, especially with a difficult co-parent. That is why I now have a free masterclass. Please join me November 9th at 10 a.m. We are going to go through the five C's of parenting together after divorce, as well as getting some tools on how to work with even very difficult co-parents. I'm so excited to have Tammy Wallensack join me to talk about your home after divorce because it's a little bit related to your kiddos. So join me November 9th at 10 a.m. You can find the sign up in my show notes or go to lisakoski.com. I'm here for you and I really want to help you parent well after divorce and beyond. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter. 